0: So, you're hiring a software engineer. In Seattle and San Francisco, the tech industry is booming, with hundreds of new employees coming in at a rapid pace. Innovators, intellects, coders, and creators gather at the best and brightest companies to give their shot at contributing to the next big thing in the tech world. But who decides which people get to be a part of it all? The answer is the hiring managers. Welcome to Straight from the Source. I'm your host, Ella Alter. In this podcast, we interview all the executives who have the job of hiring software engineers in the cutthroat competition that is the tech industry. The hiring managers we talk to share their secrets, from creative approaches to closing new hires, to effective communication with recruiting teams, and all the interview insights in between. From expert hiring managers to you, we get it straight from the source. Okay, so let's get started. I'm here today with Kristen Fife, a senior technical recruiter freelance writer and career and resume consultant. Thank you so much for coming on today, Kristen. Absolutely. Before we get started, would you like to introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit more about you?
1: Sure. Um, I have been a senior technical recruiter in the Seattle area for almost 15 years. Um, I've worked for companies like Microsoft, HPE, University of Washington, um, some small companies like B-Square, Intentional Software, Um, real networks. Um, So I've been recruiting software engineers and associated roles since about 2003.
0: Okay, wow, thank you. Yeah, we're really excited to have you on. You definitely have a lot of great experience. And we're looking forward to asking you some questions. I wanted to start off um, with actually your LinkedIn profile title. So part of your title is (laughs) Purple Squirrel Hunter, which I love. (laughs) For anybody who might not know what that means, um, can you explain that and then afterwards maybe go into a little bit about what the perfect Purple Squirrel software engineer candidate looks like?
1: (laughs) Um, So a Purple Squirrel is a recruiting term that was coined, I think, right around 1977. There used to be a Um, a magazine for the recruiting profession called Purple Squirrel. Um, And it is a perfect, somewhat mythical creature that has all of the qualifications that a hiring manager wants for a specific job that the candidate can just walk right in and with little or no ramp up time be up and running and functional and be a standout um, guru, ninja, whatever you want to call it um, from day one. And it's not limited to software engineering. It's just Purple Squirrel in general. Um, I've kind of adopted it as my personal m- mascot. <laughs> as far as what the perfect candidate looks like, that that depends on the job and the hiring manager. Um, in a software engineering role, I would say if you were to ask me right now what my perfect candidate looks like, it would be a true full stack developer, um, whether that front-end or back-end, um, and full-stack means exactly that, that the candidate meets all of the stated criteria in terms of experience um, doing both front-end and back-end experience. They they don't have to have a computer science degree, but they have a really good understanding of computer science fundamentals, things like algorithms, um, binary trees, um, you know, anything that you can imagine that you're going to need uh, to know as a software engineer. So it just means that they can move from one end of the stack to the other.
0: Great. Thank you. So speaking of, you know, education, computer science background, Mm -hmm. something I definitely wanted to talk to you about today, especially since you've been in the industry for a while and you have so much experience. I feel like trends are always changing when it comes Uh to GPA and education. Mm -hmm. What's your stance on that? How important do you think those are with software engineering candidates?
1: It depends on the company and it depends on the hiring manager. It depends on the actual role. Um, I think that if a company um, is is usually a smaller company, generally puts a little bit more emphasis on experience than education. And I think some of the larger companies – um, do you put a little bit more emphasis on education and less on the GPA these days? There have been a couple of studies. Google did a study a few years ago that showed that success and GPA were not necessarily a correlation as long as you've got a decent GPA. I mean, you don't have to be a four point and you don't have to go to Carnegie Mellon or Stanford or, or MIT to be considered a good um, engineer. But I think that experience is is going to be a bigger indicator. Um, I know that with the rise of coding boot camps in the last few years, a lot of Uh, non-computer science professionals are joining the rank and file of learning front-end languages, and I think that they are a great way into the software engineering profession. However, they do not prepare you to be a software engineer doing full-stack development for the very reason I mentioned earlier. You don't have those algorithms. You don't have binary tree experience. Um, Even if you take You know, one or two courses, it takes probably about two to two and a half years of basic computer science courses to understand the entire ecosystem. It's definitely something you can learn. It's definitely something you can learn outside of a, a matriculated computer science program. There are things like Udemy and Coursera and Open Platform, all kinds of different ways that you can learn these things, but you do need to learn them and you need to learn them and you need to be able to have like a GitHub or a Stack Overflow profile where you show that you actually know how to use them and that you can answer basic questions.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. I think that's really important, especially in today's climate, because you do see the rise of online education, online certifications. Um, something I wanted to ask a little bit about that is the importance of networking. So when you're looking for a software engineering candidate, what are you expecting in terms of a GitHub profile, a LinkedIn profile? And
1: So um, a GitHub profile is the equivalent of a portfolio. So those are actual code samples. Um, so I would rank those number one um, uh, after, you know, basic contact information and a, a resume of what and an overview of what you can do um, that shows a hiring manager that you've done actual work, whether it's, you know, class project, whether it's you're collaborating on a group project, whether it's something like OpenStack and you've been working on utilities or tools. Um, so that is absolutely your your best Sort of networking tool. Um, LinkedIn is important. Um, I think it's probably more important as you become a more senior engineer. Um, a lot of
0: a lot of recruiters
1: and, and even hiring managers will go onto LinkedIn to find candidates. It's it's for us. The passive candidate generation is a large part of our job. That's where we go find candidates that we think might meet the requirements or the potential job that we're trying to hire for. <laughs> um, so that's when we send you a LinkedIn mail, and that's when we, you know, you'll get lots of email from a bunch of recruiters at one time um, about different positions. And it's really super important that on your LinkedIn profile, at the very least, you have a little bit of information about a specific job you've been doing, rather than just your name, where you're working, your title, and how long you've been there. A lot of a lot of software engineers um, don't want to be bothered, so they don't put a lot of information. And that's fine, but that helps you kind of lock yourself out of jobs. And sometimes as a, a good recruiter will just reach out to someone based on where they are and what title, what title they have. Um, and there may not be any more information than that. And um, that's kind of stabbing in the dark. But with the high demand for software engineers right now um, across the country, um, the low unemployment rate in the field, that's usually just one more way that we try to connect with candidates.
0: Yeah, so it seems like LinkedIn is a pretty big part of your recruiting process. What stands out to you in the LinkedIn profile?
1: What stands out to me in a LinkedIn profile um, is having the the right mix of experience. Um, and that can be, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be industry. It doesn't have to be a specific type of company. It's someone that has the right mix of languages, the right mix of where in the stack they work. Um, it, could be even some of their interests um so you know maybe they've been working at amazon and i'm working in commerce company or you know maybe they've been working at boeing but what they've been working on at boeing has been totally relevant to what we're looking at so those are the things that are important it's, it's going to be a general match to what i'm hiring for at that particular time as far as the you know networking itself is more than just your LinkedIn profile or your GitHub profile. Networking is actually meeting other people in the industry and that's actually talking to people and that's actually finding out who's hiring and, and what they're hiring for and then reaching out to either hiring managers or recruiters or HR professionals. Um, and networking, if you know someone in a company, even if it's like, you know, say your early career new graduate, even if it's like, you know, your dad's a next door neighbor, um, that's still a way into a company. Um, And an employer referral is the most valuable network tool that there is.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, because this is such a booming industry and there is so much talent, um, you know, you've Mm -hmm. worked at a lot of great companies, smaller companies, larger companies. What's your advice for closing and attracting top talent?
1: It's all about the candidate experience. I mean, it's all about making that connection with an individual candidate. The way I close a candidate is... I want to make sure they understand what I'm hiring for. I want to make sure they understand why I'm interested in them. I want, I want them to know that I want them to ask me questions. I want to answer their questions. I want them to understand what they would be even getting into. And this is all in the initial outreach. This isn't even closing the account. This is just the initial conversation about, hey, I have a job I think you'd be interested in. Would you like to at least talk to me?
0: Right. So once you get them on the phone, um, what, I mean, I know a screen isn't always, you know, the same as an interview, but do you have a balance of asking people about their technical ability and then also asking some behavioral questions? And what does that look like to you? So
1: currently, I am more interested in finding out um, does the candidate can can it talk about their background does are they comfortable talking about what they say they've done on their resume i want to know if they have any questions for me because i find oftentimes that they're curious and they they may find that after speaking to me that the 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 role just isn't right so we can get that right out of the way off the bat as far as technical questions. It depends on the role. Sometimes a hiring manager will give me a couple of questions. The truth is I'm not a software engineer. Mm -hmm. I have been a software engineering recruiter for a long time. I have a very good general understanding of the discipline and the industry, but generally your technical questions are reserved for the technical phone screen, which is the second part of the interview process. If I've talked to the candidate kind of sussed out, make sure that they actually do have the skills that they they say they have, make sure that there's a good alignment with what we offer both from a job perspective and from a company perspective, um, um, making sure that, you know, we're within the correct salary range um, that we agree on, you know, yes, we, we are right around this. If this is what you're looking for, I don't think that that'd be a problem to match that. Um, understanding if they need relocation, um, if our relocation package is going to match what they need, make sure there's a good time frame match. Um, it's, it's more about the basics, and then if I have a good conversation with them and if there are specific questions the hiring manager has about their resume then I send that information to the hiring manager the hiring manager decides that they would like to do a technical phone screen either with them or with like a lead or senior engineer on the team that's where the technical actual recruiting comes out
0: okay I see so it sounds like uh communication between the recruiters and the hiring manager is really important what do you think successful communication would look like
1: Absolutely. I am talking to my hiring managers every day about every position Um, and it is a lot easier for a corporate recruiter that is actually hired by the company that sits inside the company um, rather than an agency recruiter who is hiring for either a contract or maybe a direct hire because oftentimes they don't get to talk to the hiring manager. They go through either an account rep or they're talking to a recruiter on the inside. Um, I spend... I actually, in my current role, I sit upstairs. i am in am in a I'm in a multi-story building, and I sit upstairs with my hiring managers three days a week, and I spend wow. and I spend the rest of my time down in HR with my recruiting um, companions. So uh, it it really is highly important. Anyone who tells you that the hiring manager isn't a can, a, a recruiter's number one client <laughs> is lying or doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> my job my job is to work for my hiring managers. They are my bosses. They they are the people. That's what I'm there for. I'm there to fulfill their roles. And that means understanding what they're looking for, understanding um, what they do, what how they evaluate candidates, understanding who's on the interview loops, knowing the job, the department, the group, and, you know, the culture, both the team culture, the organizational dynamic, and the company culture. Those are all things that I need to understand so that I can get the ball rolling.
0: Yeah, definitely. That makes a lot of sense. So what they're looking for. It seems like it differs with every job, every team, every hiring manager, but there are probably some red flags that just are mm. red flags across the board. What are some of those that you've been noticing on resumes or LinkedIn profiles?
1: The, the biggest red flag right now is job hopping. Mm. And it's a red flag because someone who changes jobs every 12 months or less is a job hopper. And they have a they have a commitment issue. And whether it's because they get bored, they don't think they're getting promoted fast enough, they want more money, it takes at least at least a year to actually learn a job. Staying in a job less than a year and then doing that continually um, gives the impression that you don't care about the actual job, that you don't care about having ownership for the product or the project that you're working on, that you are just there to make the next buck or to learn maybe a new skill and that you're not able or willing to commit to employer. I think if you've had five, if you've been working for five years and you've had say, you know, two jobs in five years, that's fine. Um, But if you're changing your job every, um, every 12 months or less, that's a, that's an issue. That is not, that is not someone who's wanting to learn and grow with a company regardless of what they say. So that's probably the biggest red flag. Um, you know, everybody makes, everybody makes, you know, a bad decision. I've made bad decisions myself in my career of, you know, I've joined a company where I thought it was, I thought it was one thing it turned out to be something else, or I was hired and it turns out that the manager really was looking for someone else. I have, um, you know, I've, I've contracted a lot. And if someone is really more interested in just, you know, learning skills and making more money, they should, they could just stick to contracting because there's no stigma with contracting and making that a career move.
0: Gotcha. And do you, do you find that this job hopping is kind of an emerging trend with millennials? Because that's what we've seen a yes. little
1: bit. Yes, it is absolutely an emerging trend with millennials. And it's generally, if you talk to them, if you ask most of the candidates to do that job hopping, all of the reasons I listed for you are what they say is the issue. They say that they're not getting what they need out of a job. And the truth of the matter is, it takes, it takes at least a year to actually get settled into a, to a, an organization. And you really can't have that much impact in less than that. Um, impatience is, is not rewarded in the corporate world. Um, you, you earn, you earn the things that you need to do. Um, we consider if someone stays 12 or 18 to 24 months, we consider that a really good investment nowadays with the, the job hopping that a lot of millennials have been doing.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. And that definitely seems like a challenge and a red flag in the hiring industry right now. Are there any other big challenges that are, that you're facing as a technical recruiter in the hiring climate today?
1: Just, just how competitive it is, just the, the, the number of jobs that are open, the needs of jobs. I will say one of the things that has been um, impacting the industry, especially in the last four months or so, are the immigration trends that uh, the current administration is looking into. Um, I think some of what's going on is really good. I think there needs to be an overhaul of the misuse of the H 1B visa category. Um, but I think that there's been a lot of Fear and a lot of nervousness from candidates, um, from hiring managers and teams as to how this is going to impact recruiting in the long term, especially in the tech industry. Um, I would say that it's highly competitive. I would say that also I've been seeing a huge rise in the number of um, foreign national candidates that are getting their master's and really, really trying on the OPT to get jobs that will afford them an H-1B in the near term. Um, And that's that's not bad. It's just that things are tightening down. And I think that there's a lot of uncertainty right now with the visa candidate um, pool and what's going to happen. And are we able to hire visa candidates if we are an organization that actually will sponsor?
0: Right. I know that's definitely interesting and probably really complex just based on everything that's been going on. Uh, To wrap things up, do you have sure. um, a favorite part of your job, the most rewarding part of your job?
1: The most rewarding part of my job is giving people jobs. What's not to like? I'm, I'm, I'm actually um, helping them make a life change. And if you read any industry studies, the top three things or top four things that in a, uh, milestones in most adults' lives are getting married, having a child, buying a house. And changing jobs. Nice. And so being one of the top five reasons that people change their lives is. Very, very impactful for me. I love walking down the hallway. I love seeing people that I hired two or three years ago. They go from being an engineer to being my hiring managers. Um, I keep in touch with a lot of my former candidates over the years. Um, I had dinner with a former candidate of mine just the other night. Hmm. Um, and, and I become, I become kind of their champion. I become their advocate. And I really, really love making that difference in someone's life. That's the very best part of my job.
0: Yeah, that's really special. Do you have like a career highlight or just favorite placement or hire that sticks out in your head?
1: Um, I don't really have a favorite because I've done so many over the years. Um, I would say probably probably the things that stick out with me are I have former hiring managers that are, you know, directors or general managers and even a couple VPs that reach out to me as they're on their career search and they trust me to give them advice on, you know, when they're looking for something that they, maybe they've worked at a company for a long time and they're looking to make a change and they reach out to me and so see me as a subject matter expert and as a trusted advisor. And so I'd say probably those are, those are the ones that stand out to mo- the most to me. They're not necessarily my candidates, but they're impressed enough and they have confidence enough in me that they reach out to me when they're ready to make a career change.
0: Yeah, I know that must be a really cool feeling. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been great. Um, really enjoyed speaking with you. Before we end the call, do you have anything you'd like to say? I know you have a blog. I got to check it out. It's really informative. So if you want to just talk a little <laughs> about that. I'm always
1: willing willing to answer questions. I'm always willing to um, form a connection with someone if you want to reach out to me on LinkedIn. The only caveat is you need to write me a note because I don't accept just general random LinkedIn requests. I get over 20 of them a day, mm-hmm. and if I don't know why you want to talk to me or why you're interested in, in linking up with me, I'm not going to just accept random invites. Um, if you're looking for a job, if it's a job that I have open, um, that's i'm more than happy to consider it if it's a job that's with my company and you've applied for it and there's a job number on every job i'm more than happy to forward you to one of my colleagues that is managing the job Um it's just important to remember that not every recruiter at a company of more than about you know 200 people is handling every job um, most companies have at least two to four or more recruiters and so um, i may not be the person handling the job so if, if that's what you're looking for, I need a little bit more information than, hey, I applied for this job, or, oh, can you consider me for this job on your website? So just something to understand.
0: <laughs> right. Definitely. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, like I said, we thank really you. enjoyed having you on. Thank you. Yep. Straight from the Source is brought to you by PeopleMaven. PeopleMaven helps hiring managers get recommendations for talented software engineers. Find us at www.PeopleMaven.com. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to Straight from the Source. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. We want to know what you think. See you next time.